Hey, this is John Tesh, host of Intelligence for Your Life, and you're listening to my good buddy, Dan Miller. You know, finding your purpose and passion is the first step to living out intelligence in your own life. 48 days can show you the way. Now, back to Dan. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, here we go. Yeah, every week we take 48 minutes and do a tune-up. If you've been listening long, you know I'm a car guy. I love that kind of metaphor. Yeah, it's a tune-up. We're going to put some new spark plugs in. Hey, adjust some belts. Get you tuned up here for the summer. Well, we got a lot of great questions, as always. I'm, I'm going to kind of title our theme today, I Deserve a Raise Now. That probably connects with a lot of you who are thinking that very thing. I deserve a raise now. Well, we'll talk about that. we got some questions to deal with that. Sponsor today is Casper, Casper Mattress. I'll tell you how you can get a, a discount on your first purchase from them here in a little bit. Here's some questions of God. Should I ask for a raise? Somebody goes on to describe how more and more work has been put on. Certainly deserves a raise. Should I ask for a raise? Somebody says, although some parts of my job are exciting, I feel like it is sucking the life out of me and I come home stressed out. Probably a few more of you identify with that. Dan, I'm working in an office job and dread going to work, stuck behind a computer all day. Dan, what are some lucrative jobs or businesses that don't involve being behind a computer? A whole bunch of you apparently wanting to get out of the office. You know, when the weather's like this, boy, here in the middle of summer, yeah, it's hard to be stuck in an office. It's hard to come to work, walk across the asphalt paving lot, go into a building, up the elevator, 13th floor, down the hall, find your cubicle and sit down and work for a day. Man, I feel you on that. That'd be hard for me to do. Well, we'll look at some options for that. Dan, I'm a high C. Can I be successful in sales? Okay. Now, with that, we'll look at the DISC profile. A lot of you have the DISC profile, the D-I-S-C. You know where you're high, and we anticipate somebody who's high in D and I being great in sales. They're very outgoing, aggressive, bold, opinionated, and so on. What about somebody who's a C? Kind of reserved, quiet, maybe even introverted and shy. Can I be successful in sales? Well, stick with us. We'll talk about that. Quotation today comes from Andy Andrews. My buddy Andrew, Andrew, Andy, I heard him on a, his own podcast listening just this morning. He was talking about having ADD and how he deals with that. One of the things he said is, thank God you're different and then find the benefits. I like that. We got to celebrate what makes us different. I mean, there's no glory. It's not a desirable goal to be the same as everybody else. What makes you different? So thank God you're different. Then find the benefits. Incidentally, Andy Andrews' current podcast, yeah, is on the benefits of ADD. A lot of people, you know, are diagnosed ADHD or ADD. Well, Andy says, you know, don't hang your head in shame. Uh, scream to the world, you just won the lottery. You know, when we say diagnosed, it kind of implies something bad, a bad medical condition. Well, it may not be that at all. It may just be a different way that you view the world. Or you may have a child that fits into that, a different way of viewing the world. 
Well, a couple things I just want to mention real quickly. I mentioned last week, had a whole bunch of you respond to a 48 Days Internship. We're looking for somebody to help us in the DISC area of our business, working with teams and helping clients understand and use the personality profiles. But um, we've got a whole lot of you we're going to talk to. Just go to 48days.com slash internship, and we'll give you the details on how we'd like to bring some people on board for the summer and perhaps longer than that to help us in that particular area and give you a chance to try your own wings as well. Also, I ought to mention again, Joanne's Kickstarter program that created a haven of peace. We're having a lot of fun with that. Uh, some of the higher level awards are already uh, have already been sucked up and no more room there, but um, love to have you check out the Kickstarter program that Joanne's doing with creating a haven of peace. If you just go to Kickstarter, you can just put in Joanne Miller. It'll come up real quickly there. You can get the first chapter of her book free. Uh, just go there. It'll show you how to do that. You can read through that. If it's something that you think connects with you, we'd be delighted to have you get that book. Or you can just go to 48days.com slash haven, and that will get you, uh, we'll give you a free, beautiful printable PDF there and uh, put you in the loop to get more information about that book. Well, here's some things happening at 48days.net. Thanks as always to Jen McDonough for alerting me to things that are happening there. Annie Condor started a discussion, ever wanted to write for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Now, a whole lot of you are writers. And of course, we really validate that. We love when people take their ideas and write them, whether that's in a blog or an ebook, or you're a contributor for one of the magazines out there or produce your own book. What would it be like to be part of another Chicken Soup for the Soul book? To have your story in there. Now, that's been an amazingly successful franchise, obviously. You know, they've sold, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 130 million copies of Chicken Soup for the Soul books on every topic, but Annie is pointing out that they're taking new submissions. And I went to the site, it says, we have many Chicken Soup for the Soul books in development, and we frequently add new titles. If you have a great story you want to submit, uh, please, well, you can. I'll give you some topics here that they're looking for right now. Best mom ever. How about that? If you got a story about being a best mom ever, you know, stories that'll make us laugh, stories about mother's intuition, stories about passing on wisdom, tradition, family legacies. These are all stories they're collecting for a version of Chicken Soup for the Soul for best moms ever. Another one is unblended families. Another one, college student stories. Uh, curvy and confident. Dreams and synchronicities. Parent to parent. These are all Stories about cats, stories about dogs, stories about teachers and teaching. I mean, these are all topics. They're looking for stories. And you know how Chicken Soup for the Soul is. Your story is going to be one or two pages. But if it's in there, you're, you're part of a major book. I mean, it's a pretty cool thing. I'll put a link to that. You can probably find it. Um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Well, if you go to chickensoup.com, eh, I'm, I'm sure you can find it there. Again, kind of a tricky URL. I'll put it in the show notes so you can click right on it. And go there but uh, i suppose you can find that if you just go and look and thanks annie for sharing that i mean that for those of you who are aspiring writers what a great way to get in the game to have a story of yours in one of the chicken soup for the soul books bob wilson says i'll tweet about your book or article he is using a product called tweet jukebox he builds up a selection of tweets 
and then tweet jukebox randomly selects from the jukebox throughout the day tweets them out i'm building a writer's quotes jukebox and would like to feature you in it and for most of these that I mentioned like that, the easiest way to find them is just to go to 48days.net, Bob Wilson's discussion. I'll tweet about your book or article. Just wanted to share that. My daughter Ashley put up a post on help. I need blank. You fill in the blank where we're just trying to figure out what it is that you all need so we can offer that. And we've got a whole lot of resources available. And we want to look at ways to make it easier to connect with each other. So let Ashley know what it is that you want. Mike Kearney put a, a blog post up on pearls that was really interesting. I mean, pearls, he gave his wife some pearls, but he was kind of reminded of the process. The only way a pearl forms is because there's like a grain of sand that gets in under where it shouldn't be, you know, like with a clam or oyster. And because of that, they start secreting something to make it, uh, to cover that, to cover the pain that that creates. So it's an irritant, but ultimately dealing with that becomes a pearl. Well, that is kind of a cool metaphor. That's a kind of a cool message to be reminded. Sometimes that thing we're trying to get rid of, get it out of our life. Well, look at it differently. That may be the seed of a pearl. That may be something that can turn into something really beneficial for you. Well, hey, let me just uh, bring this up here. We'll just uh, play our champion spot there. You know, we welcome your input, your success stories, things that you're doing that we can share with the community. Uh, just go to 48days.com, click on the Ask Dan link, and you can share your story there. Or you can just click on the little microphone that's there. Got a couple of those today I'll share with you, but click on the microphone or just send an email to askdan at 48days.com. We'd love to hear your story and to include those in upcoming podcast right here. Got a couple... Um, Events coming up that I want to mention as well. Uh, some of our very active leaders in the 48 Days community, Cliff Ravenscraft. You hear me talk about Cliff. He's my podcast answer man, has been for years. He addresses every issue having to do with audio equipment for me. But he's doing his podcasting A to Z, the course that I recommend if you're interested in starting a podcast. Podcasting A to Z, and the next one's starting August 1st. But if you go to podcasting a to z.com you'll find that put in 48 days as a code and it'll give you a hundred dollars off also kent julian's got his event coming up and that's the one speak it forward boot camp um, i've been to many many of those not going to be able to make this one because it conflicts with a family reunion but uh, july 21st through the 23rd down there just north of atlanta is the next speak it forward boot camp if you're interested in having that be part of your platform where you get paid to speak, that's another one way of sharing your message. I highly recommend Kent's Speak It Forward Bootcamp. Go to that, Speak It Forward Bootcamp. Just go to speakitforward.com. You'll see the bootcamp. Again, use 48 days as a code. You'll get a $50 discount on your registration there. I want to talk to you about my friends at Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to the consumers. Now think about the usual process. Mattress is manufactured somewhere, then it goes through retailers, ultimately ends up in a little store in your town where they have to pay salespeople, pay utilities, and keep the lights on and rent. That's not what they do at Casper. They sell directly to you. Do you think that may provide a significant savings? 
for a better quality mattress? Absolutely. And there's a whole lot of teams that have worked on developing the Casper mattress. You've heard me talk about it. People rush to claim the room with the Casper mattress in it in our guest house when they're here on our property in Franklin, Tennessee. That's the response that we get again and again and again. Now, mattresses can cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery, free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. That's the way that it is. Time Magazine named Casper one of the best inventions of 2015. And now it's the most awarded mattress of the decade. Here's the deal. We got a special offer for you. As you know, go to casper.com slash sleep you love and use the promo code sleep you love to save $50 off your purchase. Let me give that to you again. Casper.com slash sleep you love. Then use the promo code sleep you love to save $50 off your purchase. Well, we're going to need a whole lot of Caspers around here in a couple of weeks. We're going, well, at the end of July, we're going to have all of our family here. We've just discovered which is going to be fun, all three of our children and grandchildren. So we're counting noses. going to be 23 of us that need places to uh, sleep, eat, and have fun. So we're looking forward to that. Well, let me go into some questions here. Daniel asks, I'm at a point at my job where I feel it would be appropriate to ask for a raise, but I'm not sure if I should or not. I was hired on nine months ago as part of a team that handles customer service and order fulfillment. When I started, the team consisted of me and two other people, one of whom was my manager. However, in the past three months, both of the other members of my team have quit and I've had to absorb all of their workloads. It could be a year before someone new is hired and up to speed. And even then management has said they're only hiring one person. So now I'm doing three people's work for the same pay as one person's work. In chapter 10 of your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, you adamantly explain that compensation should be based on level of responsibility, not seniority, not previous experience, not credentials, but job responsibility. Since my job responsibility has tripled and there are no new employees being hired, I feel I have grounds to ask for more compensation. Do you agree? Please let me know what you think. Danny, yes, I do agree that it's appropriate to ask. But let me stop right there because it's appropriate to have the conversation. But what you describe is not a real rosy picture for chances of you actually getting a raise. If a company has had two people quit and they say they aren't even going to fill those positions, a couple of things are going on. One is they don't think they have enough workload to justify those three positions, or they're just really struggling financially and looking for every penny they can save and of course, the biggest expense for most companies is labor, labor salaries. So they may say, you know, we just, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of companies out there that are letting people go and having that work be absorbed by the remaining people. In some ways, people are asking me, is it a blessing or a curse to not lose your job? Because if you lose your job, often then you get some kind of a severance package or certainly unemployment. If you keep your job, sometimes you get nothing but the same paycheck and an increased workload. Well, I mean, there's a lot of options out there, but for you to ask the question, 
to document what it is you're doing and how your workload has increased is certainly appropriate. If the company can't afford it, they'll tell you that. So be prepared for the conversation, but just have the conversation with them. I mean, that's certainly legitimate on everybody's part. Chad says, Dan, I'm stuck in a rut. I've been in a grocery business since I was 14. I'm now turning 40. I've carved out a good career for myself and I'm good at what I do, but I don't love it. Although some parts of my job are exciting and flexible, since I'm an outside sales and get to travel, I feel like it's sucking the life out of me and I come home stressed out. I'm surrounded by negativity all day and feel like all I do is put out fires. We're a single income family with a 13-year-old daughter and a special needs five-year-old daughter. It's already tough to balance life without throwing in a side business to work toward. I got all stoked about your business idea of piano tuning. So I ordered the course and went to work. I aced my first few written tests and the first two audio tests. The instructor said I would make a fine piano tuner. I contacted other tuners in the area for advice and feedback, and they felt this area could use another quality tuner. I loved the idea of being my own boss and raising the ce- or eliminating the ceiling of my earning potential. However, even though I love music and grew up playing piano, I quickly realized standing at a piano for an hour and a half, repetitively banging on keys was getting monotonous. I threw in the towel, didn't finish the course. Sometimes I feel like I didn't give it a fair shake, like I was almost to the diamonds at the end of the tunnel, but I just don't think I have the patience for it. You know, this is a little longer than usual, but it really unpacks common questions from a lot of you. So, Chad continues, I've read 48 Days, No More Mondays, Wisdom Meets Passion, etc. I love your weekly podcast. Huge Dave Ramsey fan as well. My true passion is to help others become the best version of themselves, but this takes so many forms, I don't know where to start. My wife says I light up whenever talking about 48 Days principles and Ramsey financial principles, so she believes I would thrive in that area. I get energized by other people's successes and love the interaction. That has made me consider possibly facilitating one of your workshops. However, I've also lost over 100 pounds through healthy eating and lifestyle changes. So I have knowledge and passion in that area. I'm also 14 years in recovery from drugs and alcohol. So I feel called to reach out to those battling with addiction. I used to be a gospel rap artist and frequently went into prisons and juvenile facilities to spread hope to the hopeless, which was very fulfilling as well. My question, is it possible to encompass all these passions into becoming a life balance coach instead of having to set on one category? I know by listening to you that hyper-focus in one area is the best path to success, but do you think there's a need for a life coach that focuses on all areas of life? I'm contemplating starting a podcast where every week I tackle a new subject issue. Of course, having a weekly corresponding blog would probably be good too. What are your thoughts? Okay, that was that was long, but it really addresses a lot of things. So let me recap. Chad is in a job, working in the grocery business, has been there for a long time, doing well there, but just feeling like it's, you know, surrounded by negativity and not really life producing for him. However, has some serious responsibilities at home, stay at home, mom, two, two daughters, tried piano tuning, didn't really go through with that. Certainly there's something there. Could he be a coach? Yes. However, and there's a big, however, here, what I would encourage you to do, Chad, You can position yourself as a coach. No, I'm not a fan of just being a coach for whatever ails you. No, I'm still, I still recommend, you know, focusing in on one area. If that's going to be drugs and alcohol, if it's going to be weight loss, if it's going to be, you know, hope to the hopeless, you know, all those things that you mentioned, but eh, 
just a, just another life balance coach, you know, you have to look at what is it that sets you apart? That quotation that I had from Andy Andrews when we started today, you know, what makes you different? What is your unfair advantage? What is it that makes you stand out that you have to be known for something. So when people think about Chad, it's not just, well, here's one more coach, but no, he's the go-to guy for this. My other, however, is don't quit your day job. Stay in the job you have until you're producing 50% of your current income from your coaching. That's a challenge. Some people never get there. When getting into coaching, just establishing yourself as a coach is not an easy thing. People don't just line up at your door the next day and give, throw, throw money your way because they want to be coached. You have to really position yourself over time to build credibility as a coach. So identify what is it you're going to do. I mean, becoming a coach is just like starting a business, whether that's starting another grocery store or restaurant or a bowling alley. You need to be just that strategic about it if you're going to be a coach. What's that going to look like? What are the unique things that you're going to be offering? What are the three or four packages that you would offer as a coach? Who are other people in your area that are doing that? Who's your target audience? What has to happen financially for this to be successful? Those are all legitimate things to look at as you do it and do those on the side. Dedicate 10 to 12 hours a week to doing that for the next six months and see if you can, in fact, produce 50% of your current income. If so, then I'm going to say you're well on your way. You're proving yourself. You can make a, a transition plan very quickly at that point to go into full-time coaching. Yeah. And we don't, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Okay. Here's a question. I listen to your, this comes from Tony. I listen to you all the time. Enjoy your wisdom and enthusiasm. I'm working an office job and dread going to work stuck behind a computer all day. I don't really get along with my coworker as he's older and more experienced and I don't have much to talk about. I'm very depressed going to work every day. I have a mortgage and baby on the way and feel the pressure to keep my job. What are some semi-lucrative jobs or businesses that don't involve being behind a computer all day? I would love a job that's outdoors and doesn't require sitting in meetings. Any advice you have would be appreciated. Here's the, here's the real question. The real question is not what are some semi-lucrative jobs or businesses. The question is what fits you? Yesterday, I met with a young man who's done a significant amount of work here on our property, and he's going to double the size of my storage building out behind the sanctuary here. He's going to put in all new windows in the sanctuary. We're going to do some modifications, and then he's going to do siding on all of that. Now, he's really a good worker. Uh, he came over last night and talked to me about it. He brought his a beautiful little girl with him. You know, it's, it's something he can include his family in, but he loves doing what he's doing. I wouldn't love doing that. That's not something that would be a strong suit for me. So I can look at that and say, is that semi-lucrative? Yeah, you better believe it. You know, there are other things. I mean, the people that do the landscaping that we have around here, is that semi-lucrative? Yeah, you better believe it. I mean, there are, we have people that, you know, just built a little stone bridge on, on our sidewalk. Is that lucrative? You better believe it to have something that unique and that distinctive that you do where you do that laid rock work. Those things are all very lucrative outdoor jobs that don't require sitting in meetings or being behind a computer. But the real thing is, does it fit you? Do that internal audit first, Tony. You know, look, look inside. What are those skills and abilities that you have? 
What are your unique personality traits? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? You know, is it when you're outside? Is it when you're working on tangible things rather than with ideas? Is it when you're working on projects rather than with a lot of people? Get real clear on what it is. You ought to be able to look back and identify those recurring themes in your life and work. When is it that you feel like you really come alive? Identify those, and from that, you can get some insight about what would fit you. So are there things that are very lucrative, that don't require you to sit behind a computer all day? Yes, you better believe it. Lots of them. Um, Golly, you might check out my 48 low or no cost business ideas. They got all kinds of things in there, primarily that are outside that you can do as the beginning of a business. So check those out, but look internally first to figure out what is it you're going to do that really sets you apart. You know, and when you do that, you know, when you, when you leave a computer job and you go do something on your own, golly, I'm always reminded of this old Beatles song. This kind of describes what a lot of you probably hear when you say, hey, I'm going to start a landscaping business. You know, I'm going to start building gazebos. I'm going to start doing something on my own. People say I'm crazy. You know, I'm, I'm still amazed at how frequently these kind of comments come up. People think you really aren't working when you're doing something on your own. Gee, you're lazy, you're just trying to avoid work. Well, I find that the opposite is really true of most entrepreneurs. They love what they do and they put in long hours working. They have to discipline themselves to take time off because they enjoy what they're doing. Hey, those people that are just... And traditional, normal work still look at us kind of askance thinking, is that really possible? You know, are you really doing something productive? Are you really being responsible to provide for your family? Well, you know how that works. The old adage, success is the greatest revenge. Yeah. You know, show up, show up at the family reunion. You know, drive on a new Mercedes. <laughs> You'll get people asking you questions about what you do. All of a sudden, they're interested in what you do. All of a sudden, they start believing, wow, if he can do that, maybe I can as well. That's just kind of the way that it works. But initially, yeah, you're going to have people saying, are you crazy? You got to be kidding me. You can't really do that. Well, let me go to another question here. Now, I'm going to play the audio question here from Cheryl. This really lays out an important concept having to do with the disk profile. We talk about that a lot here. That's part of doing that internal audit to understand how you relate to other people. Are you a D I S C? Here's the question from Cheryl. Then we'll unpack this. We're going to have fun with this because it's really an important question. Hi, Dan. I've been listening to you for years now telling people that anyone can work in sales. I am now interested in making that transition. I'm a high C 
followed by D on the disk profile. I'm somewhat introverted, but I'm also friendly and approachable and an excellent listener. I'm also very self-motivated. I was wondering if you could help me figure out what industries might be best for me. I have a background in technology, specifically web writing and also healthcare from an insurance perspective. Sure would love some guidance from you. Thanks so much and uh, thanks for all you do in helping folks and putting out a great podcast. I love it. Well, thank you, Cheryl, for your question. Now let's look at this for a little bit. Understanding the four quadrants in the DISC profile. High D, meaning somebody who's very bold, aggressive, assertive, outgoing, you know, opinionated, gets things done. One of those ready, fire, aim kind of people. You recognize them. You may be one. Next category is I. Somebody who's very people-oriented, very outgoing, gregarious, social, you know, breaks the silence in the elevator, always talking, you know, loves being on stage in front of people, somebody like that. Then we have somebody who's a high S, a little more reserved. These people are good listeners. They're very nurturing, compassionate, loyal, brave and true, you know, good with administrative kind of things, the kind of people we all want to have on our team. A lot of S people out there. And then we have as Cheryl describes herself, a high C, somebody very analytical, very detailed. These are the people we want to be accountants, actuaries, bookkeepers, architects. You know, we want things to be precise. Now with that, with any of the characteristics that I described, if overused, they can become a negative. Somebody who is very quick to make decisions, gather information, make a decision, Wow, that's very good. But overused, that can come across as very opinionated, blunt, insensitive to other people's feelings. All those are overuses of the D characteristics. High I, wow, somebody who's really good at connecting with other people, loves just talking. They can be amazing time wasters. They can go out on a sales call that should have taken 20 minutes and three hours later, they're still shooting a breeze thinking they're doing a good job in selling when they've lost their window of opportunity to close a sale they've just gone into social chit chat a lot of a lot of realtors are high eyes they don't make any money but they have a really great time hauling people around talking about houses and the weather and kids they're what i call professional visitors so there's that tendency a high s and somebody who's really good listener let's take somebody who's a coach who's a high s they're very compassionate really good listeners. They're understanding, boy, they want to be supportive. They want to help you win. But in a coaching situation, they're hesitant to take the initiative to say, you need to stop doing that. This is counterproductive. You know, what you're doing is stupid. You know, don't do that anymore. High S is not likely to make those kind of statements. And sometimes that needs to happen. A high C, they like to gather information before making decisions. They're not impulsive they can be seen as a wet blanket because they're the kind of people that, you know, we say, Hey, let's next Sunday after church, we're going to get together outside here and we're going to play volleyball. A high C is going to say, well, what if it rains? They're, they're going to look for the potential problem in that. 
and be seen as others as being a wet blanket. Now, that's a real quick, quick, quick and dirty, obviously, overview of some of the highs and lows, the positives and the negatives of those different personality styles. But now let's look at Cheryl's questions about selling. Can you sell? And I do talk about that a lot, that I think anybody can sell and sell effectively if you match the opportunity with what you know about yourself. So somebody who is a high D, wow, you walk into the car lot, they say, hey, man, how's it going? You want this in red or black? Boom. What do we need to do to send you home in this today? I mean, that would be a high D. Is that going to fit a high C? No, not at all. Not a chance. So somebody who's a high D can do really well selling cars, furniture, jewelry, those things that are pretty much one-time interaction and it's done. Somebody who's high I can do well and the things require a lot of interaction. Something that you may be the Nike representative. So you've got 23 shoe stores that are your responsibility. You call on them once a week. So the guys you see this week are the same guys you saw last week. You know what their sales records are. You know when their kids' birthdays are. You know where they went on vacation last year and how big the fish was they caught last week. I mean, it's very relationship-oriented, and rightfully so, and those would be high I's. High S's? Let me take this a little farther. Now, these are people who are thoughtful in their presentations, people who do gather information. So this person may be good at selling an MRI machine. Think about the difference there. You know, if you're selling water filters, You can be a high I and you can go out and knock on 23 doors tonight knowing that one of those people is going to buy and you can make a thousand dollars. But now that would be intimidating for somebody who's a high S or C to do that, to go out and knock on doors. So high S could sell a high dollar product where you have a very limited number of prospects. So let's use that example. I said an MRI machine. So you may have 20 prospective customers in your town for that you get to know them their business you study it you may do a prospectus for them a projection on how they could save money by doing this they take six months and then make you know a million dollar decision that would be a sales model that would fit a high s and then we're back to c what would it be required what would be a good fit for a c well based on what i've already said not selling cars not selling furniture, jewelry, real estate, you know, not something where you have to have a lot of contact, not something where you have to, you know, pick up the phone and make 30 new contacts today. That would be horrible, horrible fit. But as a C, let me give you an example. When you pick up, well, most of us don't get a Sunday paper anymore, but let's just, in, in the Sunday paper, there's a lot of flyers in there and there's like the American profile or something in there. So you pull that out And in the back, you open it up and there's a bird feeder. It's a green bird feeder. They make some pretty outrageous claims for the bird feeder and it's 1995. That would be done by somebody who's a high C. It's a sales process, but what they do to get to that point is gather a whole lot of information, do research, study, do split test runs where they promote it at 1995 and 3295 and see where they get the best response. Sometimes the cheapest does not get a better response. They promote it in red, blue, yellow, or green to see what gets the best response. 
So it's a process of careful tracking, watching statistics. That's not something that a DRI would have the patience to do, but a C will do that. So they can track that, be very careful about that and get a sales process in place where they can make $250,000 a year and never talk to a customer. That's an example of the kind of thing that would be a good fit for a C. Now, I love selling. You know I do. I, I love the whole model of selling. But it's a process, as in most everything else that we talk about, what fits you. And if you know you are a C, now, Cheryl, you, you talked about the fact that you already come out of an IT and medical background. Those are great. Those are a great fit for a high C. Those are not things where the decision is going to be very quick and emotional. And if you're buying a new fur or you're buying a Ferrari or a lake house, the decision is much more emotional. Whereas with IT or medical, it's going to be much more logical. So you can align your skills with knowing you're going to be dealing with other people who are also very logical people who are going to gather information before they make a decision. So you're going to be working with purchasing agents. You know, those are the people and you're going to be working with maybe chief financial officers So you're going to be working with people who are much like you if you are in that arena. So something in insurance, the medical arena, IT, yeah, those are things that have a lot of great possibility to be aligned with your skills as a high C. Thanks for the question. Man, I I love the the question. It's something really important. That's why the DISC profile continues to be our hottest selling product because more and more people are discovering the power of that in knowing that if they understand themselves well, then they can identify the job, the business, the opportunity that is a proper alignment for them. So they don't end up frustrated. I mean, even when we think about somebody who's going to be pastor of a church, wow, we better know what their disc profile is to see where they're going to be strong. Nobody's going to be good at everything. And we can complement that person's strong points by having people whose skills come alongside and help that person if we in fact know their personality style. Well, I'm just going to do a quick wrap up here. That feels like kind of a stopping point for today. And I'm going to do that. Keep in mind, we talked about the 48 days internship earlier because we want somebody that understands the disc to help us promote that to companies and individuals. And that's 48 days.com slash internship. Um, I'd love to talk to you. Brian and Ashley are going to be talking to people over the next couple of weeks to identify perhaps four or five people that we'll bring on for the summer. And again, maybe longer than that, if it works out to be a good fit for all of us. And then also I mentioned Joanne's new book. You can get started in that. Just you can get a, a free chapter. We'll link you to all that. Easiest way is just go to 48days.com slash Haven. Now we've got our last event of the year coming up in August. This is our coaching with excellence. I know what's going to happen. There, there's quite a period of time between the one we just had and the one we're going to have in August. And then that's the last one until one in January. And people are going to be scrambling at the last minute, trying to figure out how to get in. And we just can't do that. I mean, that's when we limit to 48 people. That's it. Now, Innovate. We went over that because we just squeeze people into corners and don't have any tables, but coaching with excellence where we really have that intense process of helping you identify can you coach and then how to develop it not only from the psychodynamics of coaching but also from the business of coaching how can you turn that into a business 
where you're not just helping people out of the goodness of your heart, but you can make an extraordinary living doing that. So that's our focus. Last one is August 25th and 26th. You can check that out. Just go to the 48 days site, click on live events. You can get information on that there. And incidentally, we've got the new dates for next year, all next year's coaching with excellence dates are already up on our schedule because the one for August is filling up quickly. So we've already got them identified January 12th and 13th of next year, May 25th and 26th, August 31st through September 1st. Those are the dates for coaching with excellence next year. I mean, that's one of our premier programs. It's one of the things we're best known for is helping to equip coaches. A lot of the people that you see who are rocking and rolling in the 48 days community started as coaches. When we think about people who have big empires out there, if that's Brendan Bouchard or Tony Robbins or Brian Tracy or um, Dave Ramsey, I mean, they all started as coaches. They all started coaching people individually as part of building that massive empire that they now have. All those guys that I mentioned, that's where it starts. And that's certainly what I started with. When we have talk about the multiple streams of income, yeah, I love all those things. But the thing I started with was coaching people one-on-one. You can build from there, leverage that unique expertise, and then go into a lot of the other areas. Well, some of you I'm going to see at Podcast Movement in Chicago here in a couple weeks. That's going to be July 6th through the 8th. Looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun time up there. Great location, Hyatt Regency right on the river, just off Wacker. Um, just a great location. Going to be a whole lot of people. Jared Easley doing a great job of pulling that together. Um, so I'd love to see you there. I'm going to be doing a segment, going to be doing a session on Friday called Finding Your Sweet Spot. It's how to find that perfect blend of passion, talent, and money. How to pull that together. So that's what we're going to be doing. I'd look forward to look forward to seeing you there. A lot of fun things coming up, as you know, all the way through here. Uh, we're ready to go into the last half of the year. Hope you are as well. Looking forward to a great beginning of the next year as well. Well, you know from the music there, I'm going to wrap it up. A little short from 48 minutes. Um, we've got a lot of things going on here. I'm not trying just to cut it short. We've got a lot of great questions here. got some that I kind of alluded that we were going to get to and some that I really want to unpack. That seemed like kind of a natural stopping point, so I'm just going to do that. Stop right there. So I hope you're having a, a great week. hope you're having a great summer, that you really are on track for what you wanted the year to bring for you. Keep in mind, you can create your own future. The best way to know what your future is going to be is to create it. We encourage you to do that. We know that you are, in fact, part of this group where we are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Don't settle for less. Take